I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and here. Good evening. Hope you're well. Now, how could laughing gas treat depression. Now I know that sounds a little odd or a little strange, maybe even a little naive or weird, but a new study to come out of the University of Chicago Medicine and Washington University has shown some interesting and very positive results using nitrous oxide, which is better known to you and I as laughing gas when it comes to treating certain forms of depression. Now to explain a little bit more about the study, about the results, about the findings, we're delighted to welcome on someone who's directly involved with the research. He's from the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioural Neuroscience and we're delighted to welcome to the show now this evening, Professor Peter Nagale, sir. How are you? All right. So can you just talk us through what exactly is laughing gas? Sure. Um, so laughing gas is it's actually a very simple molecule. Chemically speaking, it's N2O. It's the oldest um, anesthetic gas in use. Um, you know, folks, uh, to be honest, the, the first and the name um, laughing gas came from the discovery um, that was made in England, uh, I think in the 1750s, 1760s by Priestley. And then for 50, 60 years, it became a recreational drug where, you know, they manufactured chemically uh, nitrous oxide, inhaled it, and people started giggling. And that was, that was, you know, there was no medical use for probably 50, 60 years. And they realized it had a euphoric effect, you know, and it made people giggle. One caveat is, you know, people, you know, put this into a balloon. This is also how it's still recreationally used, um, but there's no other gas, right? There's no oxygen, no nothing. And so the effects of the recreational may also be a little bit due to the hypoxia, so low oxygen. Low. And, and is it true, obviously, you, you can technically, as you said, if you're constantly inhaling just straight gas from a balloon, I'm sure you can pass out or worse still. Absolutely. And that's that's actually the, you know, in the UK, it is widely abused, you know, nitrous oxide, because it's sort of an easy access sort of uh, drug. You It's in, in, you know, whipped cream, right? That's the, the gas in whipped cream is is nitrous oxide. To, to be honest, any gas other than oxygen that you inhale, you know, for a minute will make you pass out, right? So it's really those two effects. And so nitrous has an effect and also, you know, well, the absence of oxygen. Uh, but going back to your question, nitrous per se is used in medicine, in uh, classical, especially in the United States, in dentistry. So you have a dental procedure, you get a, you know, a nasal mask, and it, it has two wanted effects. One is it's actually a decent uh, a pain control drug. So it has this effect, it, it reduces pain, and it keeps you calm and quiet. So we call it sedation. Those two effects are wanted. In modern anesthesia practice in the operating room, 
We sometimes use it, but to be honest, the, I would say it has gone down, the use in the operating room as nitrous. And then in labor and delivery, you know, uh, pain during childbirth, it's also used to inhale, you know, to be 50% nitrous, 50% oxygen for pain control. I take it those videos of the viral videos you see of people coming out of the dentist and they've no idea where they are and they're all very hilarious and they're funny. Is that the impact of nitrous oxide or something else? It's not metabolized in the body. So typically it leaves the body in five to 10 minutes. So it, it, it's often something else uh, because, you know, in, I would say in modern medical practice, you rarely give one drug alone, right? And if you have a complicated you know, a procedure, then, you know, um, they may get something else too, that's more longer acting, um, for instance, something that acts um, against um, anxiety, because, you know, nitrous does not lower your anxiety. If you go to the dentist, and really nervous, this when you give, for instance, benzodiazepines, you know, that there will be mm. a class of drugs, um, so midazolam or, you know, so that, but they act over hours. And then what exactly is the link between depression? Well, that's the core of the question, right? Uh, because it's really kind of an out of the field in a way discovery. But let me ask you, have you heard about really the somewhat miracle uh, discovery of ketamine and depression? Have you heard of this? So yeah. ketamine is an anesthetic drug. It was developed in 1970, in the 1970s, and it's actually related somewhat to LSD, but it's more related to PCP. So it's a drug of abuse. And it was developed, so you give it, and the patients react to ketamine completely different to virtually any other anesthetic. Um, and so it has, ketamine has a, a few side effects, but in the 1990s, early 2000s, it was discovered that ketamine can help patients with severe depression, like virtually in, instantaneously. Uh, normally, if you're depressed, let's say you, you, you enter really bad period of depression, right? You say, I need to see a doctor or a psychologist. You go to a psychiatrist and you're diagnosed with severe depression, right? Then you put on a standard antidepressant, but um, they take often weeks to really fully um, improve your depression. So it's a small step every day, right? But it may take a month for, for, for you to get out of depression. With ketamine, the discovery was this happens in, in, in less than in just a few hours. So for someone, you know, you can have now just the first time that honestly medicine had um, a drug that can help patient with severe depression virtually instantaneously. And so this was a, a major, major discovery. Now, ketamine has a lot of side effects, but I've worked with nitrous like about starting 20 years ago, because I was interested in like, how does it work in the brain, right? And it turns out that nitrous and ketamine share a similar mechanism of action um, in sort of on the, what we call the molecular level. And that was like connecting the dots is like, well, if ketamine works through this mechanism and is an antidepressant and nitrous has the same molecular mechanism or similar, then it should also be an antidepressant. So that was really the, I would say the, um, the origin of the idea. And then Obviously, this, re this recent study has shown some positive um, results from treating depression with laughing gas or nitrous oxide. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the study itself and some of the results? So, you know, the, uh, the one important, I would say, um, aspect of the study is we're talking about really severely depressed patients. So it's not just severe. Um, there's also, um, I would say, one in four, one in five patients don't respond to the antidepressant treatment, right? They're putting on, putting on on Prozac or, you know, some other, and it just doesn't work. 
and that then a, a second drug or a third drug is tried and it doesn't work, you know. So we have had in, in our initial study and in this study, some patients who have failed eight to 10 treatments, different drugs, failed everything, right? So very severely depressed and uh, what's, what's, and this is called treatment resistant dep uh, depression. And ketamine actually works in, in that subset. So that's really the, I would consider the most severe form of depression because it's first of all, severe and also resistant to a lot of drugs. And so nitrous, we tested nitrous in the same cohort, severely depressed and treatment resistant. And what we tried in this study is to compare a concentration of nitrous oxide in, in oxygen that is somewhat similar to what would be used in dentistry. So 50-50, but also a much lower dose, 25% nitrous oxide and the rest oxygen. And we wanted to answer three questions. First, is it effective, the lower dose? Second, does the lower dose reduce side effects? What is a common side effect? Um, is feeling nauseated. That's actually not uncommon. You put it on and, and having a little bit of vertigo. So nothing bad, but it's uncomfortable. And the third was, we actually didn't really know how long the effects would last. So if you inhale nitrous, you know, what we call the sedation, right? The, uh, that you feel tired. That effect actually depends on the presence of nitrous oxide in your brain. You turn it off and you're, you're basically completely back to normal, right? But the antidepressant effect lasts and we just didn't know how long. And what we found that is it would last for sometimes more than two weeks. So you, even after you've turned it off, it, it, will, it will linger. And that's a huge benefit, right? One single treatment, and then you have two weeks of, of improvement if it works. And is there any um, side effects in terms of people becoming addicted to it? As in, you know, they want that high of that feeling of maybe... You don't get high um, off with 25 or 50. You, you don't. And there's no laughing. There's no euphoria. You know what the typical, if, if, I, if we were allowed to film... The typical response if someone is in a in a chair in a hospital bed uh, would be they kind of they look asleep they are mildly that's that's the typical response you know patients are quiet they inhale it you would not see any difference they are not high at all you know and because it's also too low a concentration to be honest uh, to to really get high and and as I said you don't inhale a hundred percent of of nitrous which may sort of augment the whole thing and and what was the i suppose the measure was it just self-reported feedback from the patients that they were like actually you're, you're asking very good questions i have to tell you you know <laughs> um no 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 um because i've spoken with reporters a lot um and you can tell sometimes you know i just read the, the the headline um no there is um there are formal ways uh, to measure um, like the severity of depression and psychiatry has developed um so-called scales and you go through a battery of 17 or 20 questions. Um, and each question is, for instance, did, are you, do you currently think about uh, killing yourself, right? Either zero would be, no, I don't. And four would be, I actually plan uh, on killing me, you know, and myself, right? Or have these suicidal thoughts. Second, do you feel depressed? Zero is no. And four is like really uh, depressed. And it goes through a lot of different, you know, what's called domains, guilt, um, sleep, um, you know, and so, um, and then you basically sum up the points and get a measure um, of severity. What What is like on the, what one classical scale is called Hamilton scale, and anything above 21 points is uh, very severely depressed. Anything below seven, you're not depressed um, at that moment, right? So that can change. And so we repeated this, this instrument 
multiple times, right? At baseline and at regular intervals. So it's 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 a very valid, it has been validated, you know, in millions of patients. So it's not self-reported. It's really an interview. And have you thought of maybe using this for patients that don't suffer with mental health issues? So I'm 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 probably not really qualified to answer this. You're talking more like, you know, like some sort of prevention. Again, from my own vantage point, I would think that the use of nitrous like ketamine should be reserved for patients where there's no other option, you know, and that's and that's actually a, a, still a large enough uh, a number of patients. And then also if you want very rapid improvement, right? And uh, I give an example. We have a study right now in the emergency room. Um, you would not believe at any given time how many patients that come to the emergency room because they have thoughts about suicide, you know, and for these patients, you know, there is, there's actually very little that helps them in that moment, you know, and so we are, we are going into the emergency department, you know, with our partners and, and try to treat these patients and improve them like in the moment and the, with the idea to, to stabilize their mood and, um, and really help them right before more longer acting uh, treatment, you know, comes on. If you've just tuned in, we're chatting to Professor Peter Nagale about uh, his study, which looked at the impact of laughing gas or nitrous oxide to treat uh, depression. So is this yet to become a standardized treatment? How far away is it from becoming, uh, you know, kind of like ketamine as well? I'm sure it's, is it years down the line before it becomes a standard therapeutic intervention? It's another good question. Um, so, and there are two two aspects or two layers to this. First, uh, the sample size, what we call, you know, and it was small. So this was a small study and typically small studies are done to to evaluate like initial, is it effective? What are the side effects? You know, basically see if there's a, is there a signal and to basically refine also the dose. That is that is now done. And, and what typically comes next, it would be a phase three trial. Phase three trial means a definitive study in a large enough uh, group of patients, very diverse, ideally international multi-center where you test this in much closer to real world, um, you know, um, scenarios or settings. So that needs to be done. On the other hand, and this is the second layer, ketamine has been used probably what we call off-label for at least 10 years prior to its being approved by the FDA mm -hmm. um, in the United States. And it is used sort of as an intranasal spray. So sort of medical doctors are allowed to use approved drugs in what's called an off-label indication if they if they have a strong belief or you know a hunch that it may work for a different condition, so in this case there, it's absolutely legal to um, and you know maybe to some degree advisable to to st sort of start thinking in a controlled setting how can we um, you know roll this out. This is actually something we're trying uh, to do here in our clinic. Fascinating. I think anything that can help um, in this area is well needed. I agree. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so there's a, there's a ton of information out there uh, at the moment. Um, and yeah, there's a huge amount of potentially really promising stuff coming out of the area of not only ketamine for treatment, but also uh, nitrous oxide. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks a million for popping on FM 104 this evening. And who knows, we may be chatting to you in the future again. But Professor Peter Nagale, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.